Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Okay, turn this on. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're oh. safe. You're safe. Okay, we're safe. Yeah. All right. What's up, guys? How's it going? Yeah. How are you? All right. Hey. Let's uh, tech issues aside. Yeah. This this service so far this morning has been awesome. Yes. Right? Um, the Lord is going to do something. Yes. Okay. Regardless of anything that is going on with with all this stuff, it's not about that. It's about Jesus showing up and doing what He does. All right. So you know what? Tech issues aside, we're going to roll. We're just going to do what Let's we do. Get it. Right? Um, as always. Thank you guys for um, for just being here. I know that there are, a, I feel like I say this every time, I know that there are a lot of churches that when it's not the main dude that is preaching, right. that's almost like a pass for people to not show up because right. it's not viewed as, as spiritual as And I, I appreciate that we are a church that doesn't believe that, that we are a church that, that shows up so thank you guys for, for being here this morning. Um, if you're taking notes, my, the title of my message is Bloodlines. All right? Bloodlines. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be coming out of Matthew uh, chapter 1, verses 17 through 25. Okay? Uh, so we're going to go ahead and read, read the scripture, and then um, we're just going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. Okay? Starting in verse 17, it says, So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word and the weight that it carries and the things that it can teach us. We pray that you would um, you would just open up our hearts this morning, um, that we would just be able to, to receive what you have for us today, and that your presence would be felt in this place, that, that you would just bless uh, this word and you would just let us receive. We pray this in your name. Amen. Um, a few questions here to kind of start off, okay? Where did you come from? Learn on me. What is your purpose? 
and what happens when you die? Three pretty heavy, big questions. And if I'm being honest, um, those questions aren't mine. I didn't come up with those. Uh, they're actually something that my boy Zach here um, is pretty, at least in my opinion, is pretty well known for asking these three questions. Um, normally, it's when he meets someone that either doesn't believe in Jesus or they're just, they might, they might be unsure of what they believe. So he uses these three questions to kind of challenge their viewpoint yeah. and kind of shake them up a little bit, okay? Um, but he, he posted these questions on Instagram this past week, and as I was looking through like all, his, like all the people's stories and stuff, it popped up that on his story he had three different posts with these three questions. Where did you come from? Um, what is your purpose? And what happens when you die? So I, I, I obviously, he's one of my best friends, I've heard him ask these questions before, but it really got me thinking again, um, just kind of in my own headspace, just pondering like those questions in general. Um, and I really started to focus in on that first question. You know, where did, did we come from? Where did you come from? Yeah. All right, so ask the person next to you, where did you come from? Where did you come from? Because that's a question that humans have been asking forever. Right, right. Like, literally forever, humans have been asking that question of where did we come from? And it's a question that if you aren't a Jesus follower, that question can actually be pretty unsettling. Right. Yeah. If you're left wondering, you know, where did we come from? You really are unsure about that question in general, right? So for me personally, I'm not gonna to speak to your situation, but for me personally, knowing Jesus and believing the Bible itself, I am confident in where I come from. I'm confident where humans come from, from a creator that, that made us in a specific way, okay? So knowing that, having that confidence, as I was thinking about this question, the question itself actually kind of shifted a little bit. And it became, you know, less of, you know, where did we come from? Um, but it shifted to, as believers in Jesus, what is our, our lineage? Yeah. Okay, you know, um, you know what, where, what, is, what does that lineage look like for us as Jesus followers? Um, and, and, and knowing that lineage, how does knowing that affect what we believe and what we believe for, okay? Um, and honestly, like, that kind of stirred me up a little bit because, I mean, I had, has anybody actually thought about that before? Your, like, your lineage, not just a, your, your human lineage, because that is relatively easy to, to look at, right? right. Um, you know, I can look at my family tree and I can trace back you know, my, my parents, my, my grandparents, great-grandparents, we can look at that, right? Even if your your family looks different, if, you're, if you have different circumstances, there are things that you can do to find out where you come from right. in a human aspect, right? Um, you know, human DNA was something that has been, was created by God with, with 
specific codes unique to, to each person, right? But that carries your, your lineage in it, okay? And it's created in such a way that it can be broken down to, to really find out where you came from. We, as we, us humans, have developed the technology to be able to track, like trace back to where you, like your family came from, where right. your descendants are from, right. okay? Um, which is, I mean, it's pretty wild um, to, to think about that, you know, as humans, we've created these vast databases of, of information just to be able to figure out where we came from. Right. Like that's, that's kind of crazy in my mind. Um, that we would even go through the trouble of figuring out where we came from like that. Um, but it's also, like, this type of technology that, that looks at our DNA is actually so crazy that uh, you can take a sample of your DNA and you can put it in one of these databases and it can actually show you people that are potentially related to you, right. that are yeah. still around, not just looking at your ancestors, but looking at like who is currently alive that might be related to you. Okay, and this actually happened to my mother-in-law, um, Shani's mom, who is all the way over in Australia. Um, but she never, she never knew her her birth father. Okay, and unfortunately, she never had the chance to, to get to know him or meet him at all. Um, but this this past year, over the course of this past year, she had decided that she wanted to know more about. Her, her birth father and that side of, of her family where she came from and so she did one of the uh, like one of those ancestry.com DNA tests um, disclaimer I don't know if that's the actual brand that she used but they're gonna plug anyways I guess um, but anyways she she did this this test and got her results back and she ended up matching with a, a woman that turns out was like her second cousin something along those lines. Um, but it opened her up to a bunch of, of people that she didn't even know existed that she's actually related to. Right. Which is, is pretty wild when you think about it, that she just all of a sudden knows these people or is, is able to connect with them. Apparently there's a whole Facebook group for this side of their family that she didn't know. Um, but it's pretty wild that she was able to connect with those people simply based on what's in her DNA and running that test. So what does this all have to do with, with the scripture that I read? Okay, because I know it probably a little bit feels like we're going off on a weird tangent. Um, but I promise it relates, okay? Because in verse 17, it says, so all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon, to the Christ, 14 generations. Yeah. Surface level, that verse seems kind of weird, out of context, but it actually is a brief explanation of the scripture that comes before it, okay? We started in verse 17, and the scripture that comes before it um, is actually the, the genealogy of Jesus, okay? So the, the first 16 verses it's a, a lot in there. It takes up those first 16 verses, and it, it, get, it lays out the bloodline leading down to Jesus all the way from Abraham, okay? Um, I'm not going to read the entire thing because it's super long, and it is you know, probably kind of a little bit to read through here, okay? Um, 
But it starts all the way with Abraham, and it says, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah. And it continues in that order for 42 generations, okay? Wrap your mind around that for a second. It's obviously, it's a lot. It's 16 verses. But for 42 generations, it continues in that line of just saying, this person is this person's father. They became this person's father. All the way from Abraham down to Joseph and then to Jesus. Okay? Um, personally, like I said, I'm not going to read that because I personally have had a hard time with scripture like that. Um, those are found in the Bible quite a few times. And I don't know if a pastor is supposed to say that a piece of scripture is boring, but that is a boring type of, of scripture, just reading through a list of names, even with some of the crazy names that are in there, like King David and Abraham and, and Isaac and, and all those famous Bible people. It's a lot to just sit there and read through, okay? Um, but as I was reading through that scripture, the biggest takeaway for me wasn't necessarily who was listed in there. It was the fact that, that there was a list that even existed at all. Right. It comes back around to, as humans, we're kind of obsessed with, with our, our lineage and, and the fact that they kept such good track of who their their, their the, the line of the descendants, like who their ancestors were for 42 generations. Like I said, it's, it's usually pretty easy to find stuff. I don't, I don't think I could go back 42 generations and list off everybody in my family. That is a, that's just a lot, okay? But it's, it's clearly important. That's why it's in there. And it can come all the way down to Jesus. So when it comes time for his birth, it is literally traceable all the way back to Abraham, which is just nuts. And then Jesus is born, okay? And he's listed in the descendants of Joseph, okay? As, a, as the descendant of Joseph in, in the house of King David, okay? That's where he's listed. Because in that time, it, it always went by the, the males of the family. Yeah. It, it went down the, the line just like that. But we know that Jesus is fully man but he's also fully God, right. right? So he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in, in Mary, okay? And he's been given to Joseph and Mary for them to nurture and take care of it, to, to be their child to raise, all right? They are his earthly parents, but his real father is God, right? Can we, can we all agree on that? Yes. Spirit, I mean, he's, he's conceived of the Holy Spirit. His real father is God. So that got me thinking about this, this bloodline, okay? This lineage, this genealogy that, that leads down to Jesus. And I just pictured this list of names, okay? So it's all these names, these 42 generations coming down. And in my mind, it's almost like it, it comes down, it gets to Joseph, and then there's Jesus. But there's all, almost this little insert that we put in there, little asterisk thing that just says, God, Holy Spirit, and it comes in and it's, it's above Jesus, okay? So that kind of inserts itself into this line, and he is the true father of Jesus, okay? So we have Jesus there, and then in all, by all human standards, that, that bloodline, that genealogy, it stops, because Jesus didn't have any earthly children, right? Right, right. Biblically, didn't have any earthly children, okay? 
<clears throat> so the bloodline stops by all human standards, okay? But when we choose to follow Jesus, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we are then adopted into that family line, okay? So we come in, we are inserted into that family line, and we receive a new nature. We have a new calling. We're placed into this new family that has Jesus as the head of this bloodline here. Okay? Because God inserts himself and it creates essentially a new bloodline with Jesus at the head. Yeah. Okay? And I feel like sometimes we don't really we don't really realize that. Like, do you honestly realize that when you become a believer of Jesus, you are totally inserted into a new family tree that has Jesus at the at the head of it? Yeah, right. Because when when we understand that it should really change and affect every single thing that we do in our lives. It should change how we carry ourselves. It should change every single aspect of our lives, knowing that we have been inserted into this family tree. And I, so I was thinking about it like this. Just bear with me. My brain works a little bit different, okay? Um, but think about like the the Middle Ages, okay? Like like medieval times era stuff, okay? Like knights. I know that you like thinking about knights. That the knights are cool. All day. All day. <laughs> but think about like knights and and, and kings and queens and, and peasants and, and all that kind of thing, okay? So just go with me for a second. The idea of genealogy and and bloodlines has always been important to humans, but possibly never more important than in this time period. And in the Middle Ages, with, with, with all these kings and queens and everything going on, it potentially was never more important than that time period. Because your bloodline in that time period decided everything for you. It decided what class you were going to be in. It decided what job you could potentially have. It decided who you could marry. It decided how wealthy you would be or how poor you would be. It decided every single thing in your life from the time you were born based on who your father was and who his father was and who his father was. It was all decided for you based on that. Okay? So in Scripture, Jesus is referred to as the King of Kings. Okay, we call Jesus the king, right? That is his rightful place. He is the king. He's referred to as, as the king in scripture many, many times, okay? So if we can picture ourselves in this setting, okay? Like I said, let's go with me for a minute. In the Middle Ages, okay? Jesus is the king, which means he has ultimate authority over the entire kingdom, right? Right? That, that's, how it, that's how it worked back then. It was whatever the king said goes, that he has the final say in every single decision made, period. And just picture, you know, picture yourself as a, as a peasant, all right? We're just lowly peasants, all right? Jesus is the king, and we're out doing our jobs, uh, you know, probably, you know, taking care of some animals or digging a trench or whatever other type of peasant job you want to picture yourself doing, all right? And then one day, you actually get to meet the king. You get to meet Jesus. 
And you don't just get to meet Jesus. But when, when you meet him, he says, you know, actually, I, I want to adopt you as, as my child. I want to adopt you as my son or adopt you as my daughter. I want to make you part of my family. And, and all you have to do is you just have to confess that, that, that I'm, I'm your Savior. You have to confess that I'm your Savior. You have to follow me and, and you'll be one of my children. You'll be added to my bloodline. You'll be part of my family tree. You'll be a part of it all. It's yours. So naturally, I mean, what? Yeah, of course you want to be the, the child of the king. So you say yes, obviously. Right? Absolutely. I want, I want to be all of that. Okay, so now you become a believer. You accept his offer, and you're so happy that, you know, Jesus is now your father. Okay, you are a child of the king. You know, you, you're no longer considered a peasant. It's just, it's so awesome. You're, you're a child of Jesus. And then, you know, you turn around, and you pick up your shovel, and you start digging your trench again. And you go back to doing the same stuff that you were doing. What? <laughs> right. That, that, that doesn't make sense. Right. That doesn't make any sense at all. Right. You know, if it really, when you think about it in, in this context, you just became a child of, of the king. Right. You're no longer considered a peasant. You're considered a child of the ruler over the entire kingdom. And you're going to go right back to doing the same thing that you were doing before? Right. right. You're going to go right back to the same old peasant job that you had before? Right. The same lifestyle, the same sin that you had before you were a believer, you're going to go right back to that? Okay. I mean, honestly, you think about it in that type of context, it makes absolutely no sense. Right. If I became a child of the king, yeah. I want to go live in the palace. Right. I don't want to be out here digging trenches still. Yes. But that is something that as, as Christians, as, as followers of Jesus, we, we find ourselves doing that so often. Just right. We go back to the same stuff that we were doing before. Like nothing has changed. Like there's no, no difference in that compared to now. Like there's been no change that's taken place at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's just nuts. Yeah. What, I mean, I, I, literally, as a child of the king, if, if you think about it, just, just not even not even of Jesus, just our human brains wrapping around the idea of if you were born to be a, a prince or a princess, you are the child of the king, your expectations for your life would just be through the roof. Right. They, they, they would be absolutely, you would expect the best of everything, right? Yeah. So why... Do we settle for less than what Jesus has called us to? I'm, honestly, Matt's been preaching this whole series about being rooted in, in heavenly things and not rooted in, in earthly things. Right? That's been this whole series. So if we're truly rooted in heaven and believe that we are our children of, of the Most High God, then we should be expecting heaven to rain down blessings and giftings on us. Yeah. We should be expecting that at all times. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. that's what we should be expecting. And because we're expecting that, 
that should determine our response to things that happen here on earth. It shouldn't be the other way around. At all. The stuff that, that happens on earth should not be impacting my expectations of, of heaven. Okay? Of healing or prophecy. There's no, there's absolutely no reason that whatever is in, going on in my life that's impacting me, that that should inhibit me from walking out the calling that Jesus has placed on my life. That's good. That's good. I mean, in all reality, if, if if I have the gift of healing, or somebody like like Zach, I mean, I, I know we point him out all the time because it's just insane the things that Jesus does through him. Somebody like Zach that has a crazy gift of healing, and he, he leans into it, and he studies it, and, yep. and he, he does all these things. If he has something happen in his life that is just, you know, he's just having a bad day, and he, you know, a busted leg, but, you know, maybe this, which might not be a good time, you know, I'm not really feeling it. That, that's that's negating the power of heaven working through him. He's shutting that down before it has the chance to even happen. Right. And honestly, a little tangent here, I'll let you in on a little secret. There is never a bad time to pray over someone. And honestly, I have had, I, I have just 100% transparency here. I have had those moments where I feel called to pray over someone and I'm like, oh man, you know, I just honestly don't know how they're going to react. And, um, you know, I've only got five minutes left on this lunch break. I really gotta gotta get going here. Um, they're probably busy, so you know, probably just not a good time in general. Um, <laughs> probably just pass it all this time. No, I'll get them later. I'll get them later. <laughs> Do you think that if there is somebody that is is suffering, they're they're they need prayer over something. They're, they're sick. They're 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 hurting. Do you think that if you were to pray over them and Jesus was to straight up heal that person, that they would be like? Dude, thanks a lot for that, but I mean, really, it's not a good time. I, I just don't, I really, I don't. Like, no, if you, if you allow Jesus to work through you and you actually pray over someone and Jesus heals them, they're going to be totally freaked out and amazed and it's going to be something that is so awesome that they can't deny that Jesus is there and that Jesus is in it. Yeah. Tangent over. There's not a bad time to pray over someone. <laughs> so my question in all of this is, are, are you living with a heavenly expectation on your life? Because in all honesty, that determines the answer to that second question. What is your purpose? Ask your neighbor, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? Seriously, what is your purpose? Because see, if we understand that we we are descendants of this heavenly bloodline, then, then we're forced to, to change our expectations. We are forced to live with great expectations because of that. Then knowing our purpose becomes really easy when we know that, when we live with great expectation. Because I, so since I've been using this you know Middle Ages analogy, I'll stick with that. Okay. But if I am the child of the king, okay, I'm, I'm a prince, I am the heir to the throne, you know that when, when you are born an heir to the throne, you know it, right? and you live like it, okay? So 
if, if I am truly going to live as though I'm an heir to the throne, then I know that I have the same mission as my father to expand the kingdom of God. That is our mission as Jesus followers, the same as our father, to expand the kingdom of God, to to, to see people reach for Jesus. That's the mission, to reach as many people as possible with the great news of the, the, the salvation that Jesus brings. That's, that's the mission. That's the purpose. And when we are rooted in heaven, and we understand that we are children of the King of Kings, that purpose is, is ultra clear. Yeah. We see that very clearly. And those blessings and the gift things that I mentioned earlier, those things are things that we should be expecting from heaven. Those aren't just gifts that that the Lord gives to us because they're cool, which they are. They're awesome. But he doesn't just give them to us because they're cool. He gives them to us because they are tools to be used to expand the kingdom and to bring people to know Jesus. That's why we have giftings. Knowledge to someone that isn't a believer. They're, again, they're going to be totally freaked out. Like, dude, I don't even know you. How do you know what is, what I? What, how you're speaking into this this season in my life that I don't? You, I don't know you at all. How do you know that information? Right. There's no other explanation yeah. that that brings people closer to the understanding of Jesus and who He is. Right. Yeah. The Lord blesses us with those things to shine through. challenge, use those gift things that you've been given to reach those around you. Because at the end of the day, that third question is the most important question. What happens when you die? And that's a question that, like I said, I, I, I can say with absolute certainty that when my time on earth is done, I will be in paradise with Jesus. I will be living in eternity with Jesus. I can say that with that conviction in my heart because I believe what the Bible says 100%. But the people that don't know that yet, that's the mission. That's that's the the purpose. That's the goal is to see those people reached. But that is the truth that we have as as believers, and that's why we must take that calling very seriously. Yeah. You know what what I want for my life, and I get what I want for you guys. What I want to see in your lives is that I, I just I want to have such a singular focus on that, on seeing people know Jesus. Yeah. I want to have that that laser focus on that. Like I, I just I want to be like. Like a like a dog with a bone. Like I'm, you, everybody sees a dog with a bone. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't matter if it's a big dog. Like, Eyes set on the bone, right? 
That's, that's what I want. That's how I want to pursue my relationship with Jesus and pursue others to have that same relationship. Just like a dog goes after a bone, that's what I want. Yeah. It doesn't matter what else is happening in my workplace, in my home, I want to have that be my focus at all times. Yes. Just expanding the kingdom for the Father, that's my focus. Yes. And the only way that we are able to do that, the only way that we can create that mindset of always having Jesus first, is to first understand whose we are and that bloodline that we come Amen. from. Okay? That's how we get to that point. Yes. But I have uh, some other scripture I want to read here as well, okay? Yes. So coming out of John 15, verse 1 through 8, okay? It says, this, this, is, this is Jesus talking, okay? Not sure what version you guys have up there. Okay, perfect, same thing. Um, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be his disciples. By this my Father is glorified. God is glorified when we walk out our calling, guys. When we choose to stand in that authority that we have been given by God, that brings Him glory, always. It says, whoever abides in Him will bear much fruit. Right? Guys, we have seen some miraculous things happen in this church. We have seen some fruit in this church because we have been faithful to the calling that has been placed on us and we are always honoring Jesus first. Yeah. And we have seen that fruit. Yes. When we speak of, of healings that have taken place, absolutely 100%, that is not by our own doing yeah. at all. Right. We have no, no, no uh, I don't even know what the word is, misconceptions. Yeah. Words are hard sometimes. <laughs> we have no misconceptions that it's our own doing. Right. We fully believe that that is Jesus working through us when those things take place. Do we have some people that are, you know, more gifted in that than others? Absolutely. We have some some people that do some crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, we pray over people for healing. We're simply walking in that authority that has been given to us by the Holy Spirit, right. and we're just expecting Jesus to, to show up and show off. Yeah. That's all that we're doing when we're praying like that. It says right in verses 7 and 8, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 
By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Ask whatever you wish. That includes healing. If we abide in him and he abides in us, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done. But that is why we do the things that we do here. That's why we, we are expecting to pray bold prayers, because it's already been promised to us, guys. It's already been promised to us. So, again, a, a challenge again, walk in that authority that has been given to you and expect the absolute best at all times because you're a child of the king and that's what has already been promised to you. A child of the king doesn't expect anything less than the absolute best at all times. Walk in that authority. Um, worship team, you guys can... I'll make your way up here. But I talked. I talked about um, DNA earlier, okay, and how we can use that to, you know, discover things about our lineage and where our ancestors came from, and even discover people that are still living that are related to us in crazy ways. Guys, when we choose to follow Jesus and then to receive the Holy Spirit. It changes our DNA. It has to. It changes our makeup. It changes you know what we believe about ourselves, and it changes what we believe we are capable of through Jesus. That's the power of it. It has to change all of that. When we make that decision, our DNA is is overridden by Jesus. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, it's, it's replaced with that Holy Spirit DNA. I think about it. You should have seen the, like, the very first Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah. He gets bit by... I didn't do anything. I know. He gets bit by the spider. Okay? He gets bit by the spider. And it shows his DNA strength. Yeah. And it shows a chunk of it get pulled out. And it's replaced with the spider DNA. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Same thing happens when we accept Jesus as our Savior. We get that Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Our DNA strands are pulled, and that new DNA is inserted in there. We are taken over by the Holy Spirit in every aspect down to our DNA. We become descendants of Jesus. Our entire bloodline is then changed. Okay? We become royalty in the kingdom of heaven because we are a child of the king. Some of y'all don't know that you're royalty, okay? Turn to your, turn to whoever's next to you and say, I'm royalty. Say, you're royalty. Exactly. Yeah, royalty inside my DNA, all right? Because I am a child of the most high king. We have been made royalty in Him, and don't don't forget that. Okay, so we can truly get a grasp on that. We can truly comprehend that we are royalty. That's when miracles happen. Yes. When we plant ourselves firmly in the things of heaven, our roots go deep into Jesus. That is when we see chains fall off. That's when we see people free. That's when we see people's lives turned around and lives changed by knowing Jesus. Because no matter 
what is going on around us we remain focused on people knowing Jesus because that's the goal and that's what it always comes back to that's why every single message that you hear preached in this building with our church is going to always come back to Jesus that's what it is all about. It's all about Jesus and how good he is and what he has done for us and how he has saved us and that's it. That's it. So as we go back into worship, just think about your bloodline. Your adopted bloodline. The, the bloodline that you've been brought into. Think about the 